G'day, this is Mark Rafferty, also known as Dr. Darcy Tyler on Neighbours. Alan Fletcher here, aka Dr. Carl Kennedy from Neighbours. It is Kim Valentine here, or Libby Kennedy from Neighbours. It is Jason Cruz here, also known as Nicholas Atkins. And you're listening to the award-winning Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast. The best podcast in the entire world. JK, Adam, thanks for taking me down memory lane. You are the best UK Neighbours that anyone could ask for. Welcome to the Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast, the award-winning podcast that is sometimes about neighbours. You can find us on all the socials, the Neighbourhood Rewatch. Type it in. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, threads, which I keep forgetting the thing. I got excited about it because it came out the week we got banned off Twitter. So I was dead excited about that, but I've kind of just forgot about it now, to be honest. But we're on there as well. Uh, Facebook as well. We're on there as well, uh, despite uh, Candice Lee hating Facebook, and we said we'd never go on Facebook in honor of her. Uh, we reneged, reneged, reneged. That's a word on that. That's a word. That's the, it is. Reneg is a word. Reneg. Reneg. Is it reneg? Okay. I think so. Oh, I thought it was reneg. Maybe I'm just putting a needless accent on it for no Quite reason. I don't I mean, I. I'm, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about at this stage, to be honest. Like, well, to be yeah, honest, we're, on, we're on all the socials. Have a look. Have a look, yeah. I'm going to renege that last little bit and then talk about the thing that everybody's been talking about in the last week or so. Uh, that is, of course, podbiblemag.com. You can go on podbiblemag and vote for the podbible listener polls for 2023. And in that last category, the oh my pod category, you can type in the neighborhood rewatch and vote for us to be the best in the pond. Independent podcast of 2023 results. You know, good, you know what's good about the um, the the thing. So we're, there's like 20 um, categories to vote in. We're in the last one. You know what's good about this poll? You don't have to vote in any of the other ones. You know those fucking annoying ones where you're like, right, I only want to vote for one thing, but I've got to scroll and post and and pick things in categories that I either don't care about, haven't listened to, things like that. What's so good about this one is you can just go. Not asked, not asked, not asked, not asked. Neighbourhood rewatch. It's, it's the best poll I've ever done because, of yeah. course, I bought it for us. Yeah, shout out to Pod Bible for sorting that out because, yeah. Uh, to be honest, I looked at it and went, well, I like the Alan Partridge one, so I'll vote for that. Hadn't heard half <laughs> the others. No, I don't <laughs> listen to podcasts. I think they're, for, like, they, they're boring. <laughs> I cannot be bothered with them. I am never on a journey long enough to listen to a whole one, so there's no point. Um <laughs> So, yeah, if you like podcasts, fair play. Vote for us at the end. I, I couldn't be asked. I just voted for us because it's us. <laughs> Bless you if you are on a journey that is long enough for one of these podcasts. How long is this one going to be this week? Just so I know. Who knows? Well, what we do, well, I'm the, I'm the host of Sorts, JK. I've missed that bit out, sorry. Uh, and we have Adam with All us right, dickheads. Well today. All right, dickheads. So what we do is we watch episodes of Neighbours on Amazon Freebie. Uh, episodes 8,952 to 55, uh, the week beginning the 10th of December, if you keep on thing. Uh, we do talk about neighbours as well as anecdotes for our own our lives. Uh, but there was some very, very sad news over last weekend. So later on in the podcast, we are going to do something special. We are going to celebrate the life of Joe Scully, uh, who, was, who we discovered over the weekend had died. Yeah, we should, we should reiterate here that it is... The character Joe yes. Scully. It is Joe Scully who we are talking about. It is not the actor um, who played Joe Scully, uh, Shane Connor. 
He is still very much alive at the time of recording this podcast. Fingers crossed by the time it comes out, he is still alive. Um, that'd be fucking... Last I heard, he was alive and well. Oh, well, that, well that's good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we saw that. Um, Shell Scully in one of... What are they? those things called? Is it Revelations? Is that what those yeah. videos are called? Neighbors Revelations. That's yeah, exactly. it's pretty good, these little videos. I don't generally watch them. Same reason I don't listen to podcasts. I can't be asked. <laughs> And what is and I don't need to because I've got other people who watch things like that. A bit like we do with this podcast. You we watch the episodes so you don't have to. Um and then this is the I, this is the thing. I I know enough people now in this neighbors verse that can watch these revelation videos and say, watch this one. And I'll go, nah, I, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't you want did it. not want to watch it at the weekend. No. I got home on Friday. I think it was Saturday night, actually. I got home from I had a long day at work. It was probably 1 a.m. in the morning. Needed to unwind a little bit. So I was like, oh, I'll just have a little look on this and let's see what's going on. Watch this neighbor's revelation. I'm like, oh, my God, Adam, you need to watch this when you wake up. And then at about midday, I went, have you watched it yet? He went, and you took about an hour to get back to me. And then I think you took another prod in for you to go, oh, do I have to? I was like, you need to fucking watch it. He's like, it's going to be shit. Yeah. Most, then, this uh, is the thing though most of the time when you tell me to watch something you get too carried away and it's never going to live up to it and i don't i i just think no i'm not going to enjoy it i don't yeah. care enough and at about four o'clock in the afternoon i think you would eventually watch it and went yeah i'm not surprised really yeah it wasn't as good as well it wasn't good at all because it was bad news it was very um, very bad news so people reacted to this online and everything it, it kind of was trending a little bit as well. And we decided to that we're going to do a little tribute uh, for him on this week's episode. We're not doing it straight away um, because that's like the teaser. Like you have to stick around. They don't have to stick around. It's a fucking podcast. They can just fast forward. That's what I do with most podcasts that I listen to. I fast forward <laughs> till like there's the interesting bit. Luckily for you listeners, of our podcast, it's pretty much all the way through. Well, there's a lot of podcasts out there that you have to fast forward to get to the like the the big money bit that they like sold you on that week, um, and then yeah, it's a bit of a, a damp squib when you get to it. It is damp squib, not damp damp squid, as I famously misunderstood once. A lot of oh. people did. A lot of, a people, lot of people did. Did. There's a there's a specific group or a twitter or a facebook that is the damp squid um for anyone who tweets damp squid by mistake um they will spot that and just alert you to the fact that you are wrong i don't no. know if tim runs it it's quite possibly <laughs> that's what the internet was built for right just people telling other people wait a minute you're wrong you're wrong uh yeah we've had a little bit of that as well to be honest <laughs> on the facebook we've had some people correcting us but do we care? No, you say really. us. I don't run the Facebook. <laughs> no, you run the Twitter because I got us banned off Twitter. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, so stick around or fast forward if you want. Uh, we're going to do the Joe Scully bit later. Uh, first of all, though, is there any admin or should we get straight into some neighbours? Because this podcast is sometimes about neighbours. No, that was the admin. Vote for us on podmi- podbiblemag.com. The listener polls for 2023. Type in the neighbourhood group. That's the admin for this week. Uh, sorry to disappoint you, admin fans. We sorry. are heading straight on with the neighbor stuff. 
last weekend, the cliffhanger was Chloe. Nicolette was new. Colette, sorry, was was calling out some BS for Chloe. Uh, she was lying about Ellie. She was lying about this, that, and the other. And uh, so she's like, "What is the deal? What's happening?" And it's just as predictable as you imagine it would be. Uh, Chloe has got Huntington's disease. She was diagnosed a couple of years ago, and those symptoms are starting to show, uh, mainly when she's holding coffee. Yeah, it's unfortunate that because she has held a lot of fucking coffees this week. <laughs> yeah, I'd be gutted if if I developed that disease. Like, I drink quite a amount of coffee. I work in a coffee shop. I'd be at. Well, yeah, and you're. I, I feel like yeah, you've already picked a career that is. I mean, you are good at it. Don't get me wrong, but you are. I would. You are quite clumsy as well. So it's odd that you've picked a job where you've got to not drop things or knock things over um, <laughs> when you are quite clumsy. Yeah, and talk quite a lot as well. And well, and there he... you go. Yeah, you are. Despite you trying to tell us that you are a keen public speaker and professional conference giver or TED Talk or whatever bullshit it was that week. Um, yeah, even just saying the simplest sentences does prove difficult on occasion, doesn't it? So interesting choice of career. It does, but I feel like that has steeled me. That like I could have shied away from that. I could have gone, no, I will stay away from those things. I'm clearly not very good at them. But instead I leaned into them and have become better for it. Iron sharpens iron. True, but like a bit like a boxer, if you just go, oh, I'll just lean into it, you are getting knocked the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I have took it. I, I've got a good chin, to be fair. I have I've took quite a few on the chin before now. I've also but got quote, quite Go on. I also go feel on, like I've got... more ridiculous. Go on. I'm also quite proud of my chin, but I also think I've got good cheekbones as well. Neither of those things are true. <laughs> No, I feel like my cheekbones are probably more distinctive than my chin, to be honest. You've got no chin whatsoever. <laughs> no chin. No, I and feel it's, like it's, it's a little bit there. No, it's and it's very noticeable. Like we we spoke before on this podcast in the past about your um, lack of ability to grow a, any facial hair at all, and I think that only emphasizes the lack of chin. Maybe if if I'm going to criticize myself, and that's very rare, I do think I've probably got bit of a bigger forehead than I'd like. You've got yeah, you you <laughs> definitely you definitely um, top tall in the head department. Yeah, a little bit. I'd have liked that to just be a little bit. And it's not even like it's not even because like I've got a receding. Like I can pull push back my hair quite safely, and there's no receipt There's no receding there at all. I'm. I'm, okay. I'm quite happy with that. But yeah, it's just, it's maybe half an inch bigger than it needs to be. And that's the See, first time I have I've ever said that. same problem. <laughs> what about yourself, Adam? What about your facial features? Is there any part you think that's really strong? I think you've got good, I think you've got a really good jawline, if I'm honest. So the jaw, I think, I think that's okay. Yeah, obviously yeah. we've got the, we've got the facial hair and everything. But at the moment that is like showing my age a little bit so i can no longer keep the facial hair as long as maybe it once was i was used i used to be more worried about my ears i thought they were a bit big and stuck out a little bit but at the moment don't look i'm just looking now they don't look as bad as maybe they once did when i was younger i feel like i've grown into my ears a little bit they were quite they were quite uh prominent when i was younger um 
I don't know. I need, I need to pick something bad now, or else I'm going to come across like a right arrogant prick. Um, <laughs> yeah, so your, my hair is going back a little bit. If you look, you can't because it's audio, um, but my hair is going the other way and has gone a little bit greyer. Um, luckily, some people say um, it looks still looks all right. I don't know if people are just saying that or not. That's the thing. You never can tell, can you, if people no, are I... just saying it or whether it's true. No, I think you pull it off. I think it... it... It only adds to you. It, it, it just... What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> no, it just it you know it just it adds to Adam. That's <laughs> it puts the ad in Adam. There Excellent. Uh, so However, yeah, oh. always got Huntington's disease. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, she's got fantastic cheekbones as well. To be fair, I thought. Um, so this was the storyline, Nicolette's being the shoulder to cry on and the, the kind of a confidant at the moment for mm. Chloe. She doesn't want to tell Ellie because she's worried that she's kind of dropping Ellie in it a little bit um, because she'll have to deal with it if it gets worse and all that kind of stuff, which is which is a, it's quite a bit of a heartbreaking storyline, really. I, what And it shouldn't distract me because we're not, we don't like to do this on the show this much, but... Chloe and Ellie were far too glammed up this week for me. They are very, both of them glam. Like, Chloe in particular, like, just trying to walk was difficult for the poor girl because of the outfits that she was wearing. So, one of the, one of the symptoms, yeah, she's dropping a bruise all the time, which is crap. But then the other one is she might fall. She's like, she, she's telling New Colette about the time when she fell, um, which was embarrassing. But since then, a bit like you, she has not stopped wearing fucking knee-high leather boot stiletto kind of things. Like she's just she's she's literally lent into this. She's thought, what falling over a lot? I'll make it ten times even more difficult for myself. You'd <laughs> wear flats, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. You'd you wouldn't make something that would probably sever sever a bone at some point if you went over the wrong way. No, and she looks fantastic. Do not get me wrong at all. And then Ellie rocks up, and the two of them are just getting about, like having a coffee, walking through the park or whatever it is, looking like they've stepped off the cover of, I don't know, whatever. I don't know. I mean, the Chanel show was in Manchester last last week. This is true. Um, um But, the yeah, it was just, I didn't... They looked like they were off on a night out or mm. at an awards show or something. They looked brilliant, but I just felt like, why are you so glammed up for just getting about Harold's and La- the Lasseter's complex? I didn't, yeah, I like, didn't really get it. Chloe's in work most of the time. Well, except when she was in the hospital and New Colette shouted her. So New Colette shouted her when she was in the hospital and was like, Chloe! And Chloe went, nope. Uh, <laughs> so then New Colette, like, tracked her, like followed her through the hospital. I think she shouted Chloe again and Chloe went, nope. And then when she saw her, she went, I saw you at the hospital. And Chloe went, nope. No, she I mean. was literally, she'd gone full shaggy by this stage. She was, it wasn't, it wasn't me. Over and over again. It was like, no, literally saw you there. It was you. And, and she even said, New Colette says to her, you were wearing that, she was wearing that exact same outfit. She went, wasn't me. <laughs> you hadn't even took your fucking coat off. Yeah, well, that's the thing. She's she's gone away with the coat, and now she's just going knee-high leather boots all the time. Yeah, got to keep those shins warm. Uh, yeah, so Ellie shows up, and say it. I know what you're going to say. Go on. 
They're an awkward couple, aren't they? So awkward. <laughs> I think they kiss with their eyes open, which is a dead fucking giveaway straight off the bat. And also, they, like, so they, she greets her at the door, nice, greets her out of the, out of the cab or whatever it was, and they both do arse-out hug as yeah. well. It's like this horrible, awkward... Something that I imagine... Are we allowed to say it? Something that I imagine Tim would do. I don't know if we're allowed <laughs> to say that anymore, but he, he seems like the prime example for something like that. It's For me, it was when they leaned in for a kiss. They were both like... They'd kind of pursed their lips a little bit, and it was just yeah. like... And then, like, one second contact, that was it. And yeah, and these two out. people... Kissed. Uh, in love, but and haven't seen each other for a while. So you've got the yeah. added, oh, I've not seen you for a while and I've missed you. And it just felt really awkward. Yeah, it was. I wasn't. I wasn't sold on this couple first time round before it got cancelled. No, I, it's I wasn't really. Just before. got worse. What are you? So we know you. You are all. <laughs> you kiss weird and everything like that. We spoke about that before. I don't want. To, Go over the old ground with that. What are you? Are you a hugger? What would you like? What do you like when you greet somebody? Are you a, a hugger, a handshaker, a fist bumper, a speedboater? What are you? I will take any sort of physical contact. Excellent stuff. <laughs> yeah, a hug, a handshake, a kid, whatever it is, I will take it. I will. I will go for as much physical contact as possible. I am a what? very that sounds a little bit rapey, if I'm being honest. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm an affectionate person. Whoa, that sounds like, that sounds even worse. <laughs> See, I don't, I'm not a hugger, I don't think, at all. Like, if if it's, like, it's got to be someone pretty special or that I, that I know yeah, I rem- that I'm hugging. <laughs> no, like, I, I remember... I remember, and it's it's quite up this because I have I have dressed for the occasion today. We are doing the Joe Scully celebration later on, so I have dressed in full funeral attire. And it is a celebration. We should add that. It is it a is celebration. celebration. It is, uh, but I've been respectful as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember at my mother's funeral that. I think you may be trying to put your arm around me, but I get it was arse out. Oh, that oh, <laughs> most definitely, yeah. <laughs> you like, and and the the uh, the thought was there, and like I appreciated it very much. But yeah, it was. Uh, I'm gonna put my arm around you, but I'm. Just, it's gonna be a, maybe a slight tap on the shoulder. You're not getting a full hug out of me here, even no. though this is probably one of the saddest days of your life. But then I think that's that's more okay to do it in an occasion like that, because that is an like that's an awkward situation. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's not a, yeah. oh, I've just missed you. I've not seen you. Let's have a hug. Yeah. Like that's that warrants a, an ass in hug. Does an ass go in? What goes in? <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Um, something's going in. It's not an ass out hug. If you like, it, that's that's not an awkward situation. If you're saying hello, I've not seen you for a bit, and I've missed you. That's the nice hug, surely. That's an easier hug to do than a this is a really horrible day and an awkward situation hug. <laughs> Give me a bit of fucking credit. Come on. <laughs> no, but I know you you said you're not a hugger, so I knew that that was no. difficult for you. That was your that was your version of a full on kind of bear hug. Come on, bring it in. Bring Squeeze it in. Squeeze the whole thing, the whole nine yards. Yeah, I don't I'm I'm not a big I'm not a big hugger at all. 
No. No. And neither are these two. No, they're not. They're <laughs> not. It's very obvious. It is very obvious. I think it was Ben, uh, I think it was Ben B who said it a couple of weeks ago on Flashback Week. Like, they have no chemistry. No. Zero I'm... chemistry together on screen. But why then. is that? What's... So, is it like, I suppose a broader question, because some couples, I suppose in real life and on screen, but we'll, we'll talk about the on, the on screen ones. How how come some couples have chemistry and some don't? What's that about? Is it weird? Is it is it is it strictly down to some people are better actors than others? Is it is it to do with the audience buying people as a couple and caring about them, so it kind of confuses you a little bit? What do you think it is? Because we said at the start of the new chapter, um, we we didn't like Toadie and Therese at the start. I still don't, but I feel like that's more buying them as a couple in general rather than chemistry between the two. What do you think? Well, so if you have watched other Neighbours Revelations this week, uh, we do have one with Therese. Well... <laughs> and they're, they're very much at pains to say like, oh, the production think we, me and Tony are a great couple together. They're really buying it. They think we've got loads of chemistry. And I, I honestly think that is why they are persisting with this a little bit. Is that I think like in real life, Rebecca and uh, Ryan probably get on and have a fucking blast doing this. Yeah. Um, but then, like when you like, because people ship couples, don't you? You ship a couple. And you're like, oh, those two should be together. And we'll what get do you mean? What does that, that mean? I don't know what that means. You ship a couple. Have you never heard this phrase before? No, go on. So, like, you want a couple to get together. So okay. you ship that idea. I, yeah. I actually don't know where it's come from. I just know it's a thing. You ship a couple together. You definitely so, got that right. Yeah, I'm 99% sure I've got this right. Okay. I'll go with it. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know it. So, yeah, I'll go with you, which has never... We, that's never got me in trouble before. So that should be... That's that never <laughs> well, got us thrown off a Facebook group or anything before. So we should be on. A lot of people have shipped Chloe and Ellie in the past. But I don't know why, because they haven't got that chemistry at all. Like... Like, people, shit, you know, you think about, like, classic TV shows and classic sitcoms and stuff. You think about, like, Ross and Rachel got chemistry. Niles and Daphne and Frasier got chemistry. You ship them together. You want them to be together because they, there's chemistry on screen together. Yeah. Never seen that with these two. Never no. seen it at all. So I, I don't know how the shipping began because people did ship this. There's lots more chemistry with Chloe and, and Nicolette. The, you know. The previous actress and the current one. So okay. much more chemistry. So much more than these two. Interesting. Because I'll, I'll be honest, like with the couples on the show at the moment, I'm not shipping any of it. <laughs> I'm not a fan of any couple on the show. And there's quite a lot. The only <laughs> ones, no, there's none. Really? Not even Andy and Wendy? No, because she was a fucking psycho last week. What is he doing <laughs> with her? It doesn't it don't make sense. I, you know what? This is this is says something about the show. I think the only one that's kind of won me over to a certain degree is the Raga Murphys. Don't mind yeah. them as a couple. That when they got back together and everything after the falling out with the sperm in the cup and whatever was going on. Quite enjoyed that, and I don't mind them now. I feel like like I said last time, they kind of went a bit overboard 
with this one's this one does the doctor in and she's serious and, and this one does the handy woman stuff and this is how she is. I think they like went a bit over the top with that, but there's a couple, don't mind it. There's no other good couple in the entirety of the show. Prove me wrong. Wow. Yeah, no, that's that is hard. Like I, I would go Wendy and Andy. And that's the only one. Your judgment's clouded there, though, I think. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And, like, I'm struggling to come up with arguments for it already. I'm, I'm, like, searching in my brain, and there's there's nothing coming back. This is not not a slight on any of the actors. That'll come in a minute. Um, (laughs) This this is just the couples and and how their their characters are portrayed at the moment and how I'm not a fan of them. Like, as I say... Tony and Therese weren't buying it from day one. It seemed for the sake of it, and that's why the production's saying we'll stick with it, but no one else has really bought it. Can't stand Mel, as we know. I won't go into that again. We'll do that in a minute. Um, <laughs> Carl and Susan, fine, but they don't really do anything at the moment. Oh, yeah, just... yeah, Carl and Susan. Carl, Carl and Susan are, but that's been established over however many years. That's They're just there now. But then we'll go on to the other storylines in a minute, but, yeah, you've got um, David and Aaron... Don't like David, so not a fan. Hmm. Um, you've got Wendy and Andy. Wendy's doing me head in. You've got Haz and Holly at the moment. Don't like Haz. You've got Reese and Byron. Reese has finally fucked off. Brilliant. You've got Mike and Jane. Have they seen? They, they've not been in the same room all the way fucking through it. You've got <laughs> um, Ellie and Chloe. Ass out hugs. Not a fan. So I don't know why that is. It's weird. Yeah. So well, in the end... You know the one that might that might start being a thing? Oh, go on. Sadie Rodwell waved at JJ... Um, ah, he Raga did, Murphy yeah. Or Raga Murphy, whatever they're called. And that had more intrigue than anything else of these other couples. Yeah, I feel like JJ's been sharking a little bit recently because he yeah. was, he was, he's, he obviously idolizes Sadie and is like, wow, she's fucking mega hot. Uh, she's and a couple she's of years. Andy Rodwell as a dad, and yeah, that's what exactly. he wanted. She's a couple of years older. She's kind of like the the fantasy one as well. But he's also he was also chatting up Nell a little bit this week as well. Yeah. So that com- that confused me because he was like, oh, they're doing something with them, or are they doing something with them? Because she's a couple of years older. The other one was a couple of years younger. It just I pick a lane, neighbours. <laughs> Who's a lane? <laughs> She's coming in next week, I think. Uh, so yeah, in the end, Chloe and Ellie get engaged, and I'm not quite sure how that happened. Basically, Chloe told her, "Fair play." I thought it was going to get dragged out longer. Then I remembered it was neighbours. She told her to go and think about it, and I thought she was going to go and think about it for a while. She didn't. It's neighbours. Um, and then she comes back and goes, the only one way to solve this. And I thought, oh, this might take a while until we find neighbours. And we found out two seconds later. And they're now engaged. Yeah. Um, and again, well, they, they've just been engaged. And it is just a slight peck on the lips. Again, maybe two seconds maximum this yeah, time. It's, it's not a full on pash, as they say, on, on no, neighbours. You've just <laughs> got engaged. And I'm already seeing, I'm trying a little bit harder to avoid spoilers, but I'm seeing the wedding pictures already. No, no, it was already, before I'd even watched this week, that was Yeah, spoiled. it was out, wasn't it? Yeah. But um, is that is this wedding happening over Christmas then? 
Apparently so. They're not fucking around, are no. they? Honestly, honestly, would not surprise me if it's next week. No, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. Then Susan will be there again doing it. Uh, next Wednesday could be a wedding for all we know. Wedding special. <laughs> wedding special. <laughs> I'm not doing another one. I can't, I can't handle this shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, funeral special coming up later on, by the way. Oh, God. So, yeah, they're engaged. I don't... Who cares? I'm not bothered. Yeah, who cares? Uh, one storyline that is... is I, I really dig this storyline this week. Uh, was the whole kind of has Mark, Byron, Holly kind of thing going on. I thought this was very well done. Uh, so Byron is like, yeah, I'm off to the States. Yep. Misha Park can't wait to see me. I'll be off. I'm just gonna but I'm just waiting to book a flight and then Mark is just killing this bus straight away. She's like, Well wait a minute, dickhead. Wouldn't she have just booked you if she wanted you to come out? She'd send a private jet, surely. She's a mega millionaire now. Yeah, exactly. She's just inherited a multi million pound company. She'd she'd be sending you for you straight away. And Baron's like, Oh yeah, but she's probably just busy, so I'll just book my own flight and uh, I'll just I'll send her the invoice and ask her to reimburse me. Well I, I... He's still, he's doing that thing where people are almost trying to drop hints and say, are you sure she's that into you? And he's like, you can't see it. We've all been there. I have. Um, <laughs> people are trying to tell you and you're like, nah, this is the one. Um, so he kind of calls Mac out and he's like, fuck you, Mac, I'm going. Um, and then Mac cannot wait to say, I told you so, when she brings in a little letter from Misha Barton. She cannot fucking wait. And she's <laughs> try- She's so smug about it, it made me sick a little bit. Like, I'm not <laughs> sure what her problem is. I do not like this character at all. And I know everyone does, and I know you're supposed to, but she is not likeable for me. Really? I actually... I'm going to completely contradict you. I actually really liked Matt this week. She is the fucking worst. Uh, I, do, do, you, like, do you think she was being genuine when she went, oh, do you remember when uh, Misha Bart- you were going to see Misha Bart and got this letter from her? <laughs> she comes in like that and makes him open it in front of her. Read it, read it. What does it say? Read what? It. And then she goes, read it out loud. And his face is like, his face drops. Of course it does. And he's like, fucking Misha Barton's dumped me and she's sent all I got was this shitty necklace <laughs> I would that'd be a good that'd be a good necklace or t-shirt that I shagged Misha Barton and all I got was the shitty necklace <laughs> we'll have it out on Redbubble next week don't there we there you go um, and his face falls it's obvious what it says and she's and she goes something like what does it say <laughs> she's proper <laughs> like poking him it's horrible no, I think she's doing. I think she's doing the right thing here. I think Byron is completely fucking oblivious to what's going on. So narrow-minded in what's happening, and he needs a friend to just shake him. And I think Mac is the person who's doing that by forcing him to read this letter. Going, well, come on, dickhead, read this letter. Why isn't she sent a flight out for you? Just trying to give him a reality check. I, I thought she horrible. was doing the right thing. Uh, so Reese gets. Uh, Byron gets drunk on some blue drink. Oh, Um, he's just drinking out of the fucking blender. He is just blue drink. You don't want to get drunk off blue drink. No. Blue drink is the worst to get drunk off. You think? Yeah, I think so. Like, blue drink tastes great. Any 
blue drink is fantastic. What blue drink? Like blue drinks. So a blue wicked. Many a good good night spent on a blue wicked. Mm-hmm. Also, my ice blast of choice at the cinema is blue. Is it? Oh, I, always I always mix blue. them up. I always go half and half, please. I have done the half and half, but I just think fuck it. I'm here for the blue. <laughs> Yeah, and the blue is great when you're tasting it, but the the blue the next morning is, well, it makes you feel a bit blue, to be honest. So he's drowning his sorrows with a big blue drink in the blender. And Matt's like, should we just fucking go out for some proper drinks? Should we just get absolutely fucking smashed? Uh, he's like, yeah, let's do it. So they do out and they get absolutely smashed. And uh, they drunkenly compliment each other. Uh, my favourite being that Max says to Byron, you're really clean. Is that what she said? Yeah. That is a great compliment. I wish someone said that to me sometimes. No one ever will. <laughs> I know I'm very clean, I think. I'm a, I try to be very, very clean. I showered before this podcast. It's an audio <laughs> podcast over video. It, you dirty bastard. It was just at work, but, you know, I was just wanted to be clean for the podcast. So odd. I will always, like, I never go into bed without having a bath or a shower. Like, but I feel right. We've done this before as well. I think the fact that you have baths is so odd. Why baths are lovely? They are. Why are they no, odd? No, no one, no grown male has a bath. To be unless f- it's an ice bath, or you're jumping in there with a load more men. Out, like, how bad does that sound? <laughs> unless you're doing that for a rugby team. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. Thank fuck, I never played rugby anyway. Um, I just think having why would you have a bath and not a shower though because baths are relaxing baths like so I would like I would probably have a bath tonight when I go to bed I've already had a shower I'm already clean for the day but to sit in some nice warm water with a bit of a candle and maybe listening and listening to a podcast oh god that's where I get most of my podcasting in to be fair it's so strange. It's just, and then you, you get out of the bath and you just feel great and you feel clean. But a shower's enough to make you clean, surely? Yeah, usually, but I don't know. I just like to feel extra clean, like Byron. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Byron is extra clean and they compliment each other. And then the cliffhanger is, oh, ooh, are they about to kiss? Uh, Next next episode, you're in bed together. I knew straight away that they would they hadn't done anything. I completely fallen for this trick. I thought, yeah, I thought they jagged. What you you miss, I think you miss it every. You would be the you would be a worse fucking detective than Andy fucking Rodwell. You miss <laughs> every fucking. If they've not done anything by the end of that episode. It's like nobody, no crime again. No snogging, no shag. <laughs> we find out that she took a bra off. No shagging, though. See, I had to completely rewrite my notes because I was waxing lyrical about these two. I was like, oh, do you know what? This is two adults, single adults, having a good time without the baggage. That's what I genuinely thought. They woke up the next morning and went, yeah, that happened. Thanks, that was very nice. But let's not get everything else in the way of this. Let's not make it awkward. 
let's just carry on being friends. And I was like, again, I was waxing lyrical about this. I was super complimentary in my notes about all this. I'm like, aren't these two so mature? Isn't Mac fantastic? Uh, you know, she helped out a friend. And Barry's like, yeah, this is what we both needed. This, and I'm, I was like, this is really mature. This is like a really mature storyline for Neighbours that these two could just have a bit of a drunken fling because they're both feeling lonely and sad and then there's no drama the next morning about it. Right, here's the thing with this. Doesn't happen. And that's why I like I credit Neighbours in the fact that they didn't do that because there is no way you can shag your mate, possibly even one that you live with, and there not to be awkwardness or drama or something afterwards. It is impossible. There must be something. It is some... naive to think that is possible. It is something that someone has said either to you or you've said to them and gone, yeah, we're, aren't, we, aren't we so mature? We're, we're, we're doing the mature thing. And if you have to say you're doing the mature thing <laughs> over and over again, chances are one or both of you are thinking, wouldn't mind another go, or, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> so uh, one person who isn't doing the mature thing at all is Haz at this point. I hate this prick. I hate this prick. I if you go back to I think the first episode or the second episode of our podcast after the new chapter, I went, you know who my new favorite new character is? It's fucking has what a legend. Yeah. He's a prick. And what I like, I think they've realized that he's a prick now. Because I think to begin with, we were supposed to like him and they gave him the cute dog. Where's the cute dog gone, by the way? Yeah, the one with separation anxiety. Dog's gone. Now he's just this prick. And I think they've made him a bad guy on the DL and thought, yeah, this guy's a prick. Let's keep going with it. I'm hoping I would so. Yeah, I would absolutely love it if that's what they decided to do. Do you know what? Actually, yeah, this guy is just a low-key knobhead. He seems, he seems nice on the outside. Yeah. But when you get a little bit close to him, massive prick. I mean, he's a massive prick. I also think they're going to make him a bit of a controlling kind of guy. I think they're going to make him someone who makes your skin crawl a little bit and annoys people. And I think you will find out. I mean, we've had we've had some bad eggs on this show. I think this guy might be a full-on fucking scrambled egg. I think I, I think <laughs> there's something off about him. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that makes me worry that this isn't going to come to fruition is that they, I know they've now, thanks again, spoilers, uh, they've now cast his older sister. His sister's going to be in it. I don't know if it's older or younger. Um, yeah, but I feel like she's there to go. Oh, he's actually quite a good guy, this guy. He's my brother. He's, he's not a bad guy. I know he's acted like a prick for months on end, and that's pretty much all we've seen on, on camera, but he's actually a nice guy and deserves to be with Mackenzie. Do you right? So, so this is let's go back to it. So, he sees Byron coming out of Mackenzie's room in his just his pants, and straight away he's like, "Well, they've been shagging once again." Maybe your has in this situation. <laughs> you you've not gone well. No, they're not really like that, and probably nothing happened, and they're just good friends and everything. He's he's from the same as you and gone. They've been shagging. I mean, like to be fair to has, and I don't want I don't want to be fair to him, but he has seen Byron. Sneaking out of our room in the morning, 
with just his boxes on. It's it's an easy enough assumption to make. It's it's okay to assume that that's happened. Yeah. However, his reaction is yeah, that's, horrible. That's the thing that's wrong because he's just horrible about it. He's horrible yeah. to Byron about it. He's horrible to to Mac about it. He's just like, oh yeah, it's just gonna be fucking awkward now in the house, isn't it? and you ruined this house. And this house was great until. We had loads of pizza boxes, and now you've ruined it because you two have shagged. But then he shagged Holly, like, the other week. And he was shagging Billy, remember? Yeah. He was bringing her back in the middle of the fucking night and not telling anyone, not saying, oh, by the... You know, like, I'm sure they have a little ch- group chat at the house. No, like, courteous message just going, oh, by the way, I'm bringing this hot girl back. Uh, Just so you don't... You know, if you do hear the door going off, don't worry, we'll try and keep the noise down. None of that. No. He's... Yeah. He completely overreacts. I think they were doing that to kind of show us that um, he does like Mackenzie. And when them two are having a little bit of a chat, so he, Mackenzie finds out that ha- that Haz has been talking about it. Yeah, it's all he said, she said, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot. And she of that. she calls him out on it and says, "None of your fucking business, anyway. Fuck you." And but then for some reason, when she's really annoyed at him, she goes, "And I like you anyway." Yeah, that is not the time to tell someone you like them when you're annoyed with them. No, like that. No, you wouldn't do that. You, even if you still have those feelings, that the fact that he's just shown that he's a prick would make you start questioning the fact that you like him. You would. He's been horrible. You wouldn't go and I like you. I, I, I it was a bit of a, a clanger for me that one. Yeah, it really is. And then Haz is like dealing with this whole situation. He's. Ugh. Then, from then on, like from this moment on, it's just so bad. Like poor Holly, she's the one I feel really bad for this whole situation. So, well, that... to, so that's good. Yeah, uh, but I, I feel bad because I felt like she would have stuck up for herself, and she just didn't, which just made me feel bad for her. I think what they what they've done with Holly and Has unfortunately is make her too needy too fast with this guy who hasn't done anything. Like I know he saved her from Eden and and that was quite cool. Uh, but it's it's been, again it's been a bit too quick for her to to go to go like this. I, I, yeah, I didn't think she would because she was when she was working at the hotel at the start of all this. She was like cheeky and a bit of a badass, and she was like going in Misha Barton's room and like sniffing a candle <laughs> or whatever she was doing. I can't remember. Um, so she ate her apple. Yeah, that was uh, it. She was like, and it's just a bit of a a shame because I I like to being quite quite cool and like yeah, saying she's what a Highland. She is a Highland of yeah. that family. They fuck shit up. Yeah, and it's she's just not a bit really of a shame. I do feel bad for her. And then, but then I also think she can do a million times better than this has. There's yeah. not a lot to, to be fair though, there is not a lot to aim at on Neighbours at the moment. Because of the, because of, because of how Neighbours is, there are not that many single heterosexual males for Holly Highland to have a crack at, unfortunately. I think there's one, and unfortunately he's a brick. <laughs> and the last one was a bad egg. <laughs> so, yeah... <sighs> Mackin Mackin has there's lots of tuning and throwing. Mackin has eventually have a chat in Haz's kitchen while he's at work. And it's obvious what's going on. Holly clocks it. I'm like, yes, go on, Holly. Fucking steam in there and give them fucking both. Because she's like, prior to this, she's she basically pleads with Mackenzie. She's like, 
I'm really happy with Haz. I think he's the greatest guy I've met in a long, long time. I think he'd be. I think we could go the distance. I really, really like. She basically saying, "Don't, don't fucking steal well, him." That's because she knows. Because she knows. She knows all this. Because yeah. whoever told, I think it was Byron dropped it. Yeah, Byron dropped it. Yeah, it was a bit of a shit thing to do as well. But yeah, it was weird that he didn't need to do yeah. that. And she like, like that... she like quietly pleads. Like, don't fuck this up for me. I'm, I'm asking, I'm asking you, I'm, I'm asking you without telling you, really. Yeah. And then, like, she sees him in the kitchen. Like, yeah, she's gonna fucking steam in. She's gonna give him both what for. Classic Hoyland behavior, and she just stands there like a fucking wet kitchen cloth. It's a shame. I hope. I think. Well, she will catch him over Christmas. I imagine that's going to be the thing she catches him yeah. doing something. Well, I, I think because Carl's been introduced into this now. Carl is very, very keen to get to know Haz. And I think my prediction is that he is going to try and get to know Haz and get to know a little bit too much when he catches him with Mackenzie. Okay, could happen. Oh, I don't like either of those characters. I know you quite like Mackenzie this week. I'm not sure why, but those two, yeah, they, they, I think you've turned two people you were supposed to really like into... They might end up being the most hated people on the show. <laughs> Which is quite a feat, really. I, it no, is. You know what? St- I, I still hate a lot more people. So no, it's probably not that bad. <laughs> Another character that, that they're trying to turn around over this week was Paul Robinson. Yeah. So he's obviously perennial bad guy. Yeah. Villain, if you would say. Uh, sure bastard, some might say. Sure bastard. <laughs> he's a proper business bastard, isn't he? Uh, but at the moment, he's really missing Therese and his grandkids. Mm-hmm. And he's very, very sad about that. He sits on a bench. <clears throat> has a right. Of... Yeah, if you're sitting on a bench on neighbours, you're thinking about something or you're sad about something. Usually both. Misha yeah, Barton was always on a fucking bench. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever sat on a bench and had a good time, to be honest. I don't, I don't think, think I would, would you? No, you, you don't sit on a bench and go, oh, this is brilliant. I'm, I'm having a great time on this bench. You're like, oh, sad about this. One, about one time I sat on a bench. Um, it was summer. It was it was a very hot day. It was ri- it was ridiculously hot in for the UK anyway. And I was off work. I say off work. I had COVID, um, so I was off work. But it wasn't like bad COVID. It was oh, I've got COVID. I can't go in. So yeah. I went to the park. Don't know if you're allowed to do that or not. But I went and sat probably on wasn't. my own. No, probably not. Went and sat on a bench on my own at the park on a nice day, looked out across the lake and just thought, yeah, maybe COVID ain't so bad. Because <laughs> I was off work. It was, it was, as I say, it was super nice. Uh, I had a bottle of water with me. I was just sat across, looked at, just watched the swans floating across the lake and thought, yeah, it's all right, this. I wonder <laughs> what all those cunts at work are up to. <laughs> Probably stressed out their mind. Probably, because I wasn't there, you see. Yeah, I've been benches thrown at him, I imagine. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you, Paul Robinson, though, sat on a bench, not a good time. If you're in Neighbours, no, not a good time if you sat on a bench. And it's highlighted even more because the whole Christmas fair is around, Paul. Right. Okay, <laughs> let's get to this. I'm glad you mentioned it. I... 
I've said the last couple of weeks, can't wait for the Christmas fair. It, they, they teased us with it. Wendy was talking about the Christmas fair. Wendy was going to organise the Christmas fair. I thought, that's going to be great. They can run with this for a couple of weeks. Let's see all the build-up to the Christmas fair. And then eventually, when it's Christmas, let's see that fair. Then Chloe was getting involved. She was working as a team with Wendy about the Christmas fair. This week, fucking Monday, I think it was, the Christmas fair's there. Yeah, no it's more just... planning, no organisation. Wendy, literally nothing to do with the whole thing from what I can tell. Nothing exciting at this Christmas fair whatsoever. They put up some stalls at Lasseter's. Um, oh, oh, all of a sudden, it's the Christmas fair. Yeah, well, it's not the Christmas fair. It's the Christmas markets. They fucking wasted another opportunity for me. I was really looking forward to them doing something with the Christmas fair, and it was shite. Yeah. And the Christmas... and the I, I don't know about you, Adam. Uh, the Christmas markets are shit in general. I am so over Christmas markets. You know what? I am too... Yeah, I am. Um, I don't mind it as a, an idea, but the, the, it's, it's, the idea of it has changed completely now. Um, there is no the Christmas markets now are ridiculously overpriced. Um, every single stall nearly is a food or drink one, and it's now it's like restaurants are just setting up pop ups and flogging yeah. your fucking chicken and waffles for fifteen quid. No. Um, if, if I wanted that, I'd sit in a restaurant, not walk around in the fucking pissing rain, carrying it in my hand. No, not doing it. Uh, it's too busy. Uh, yeah. Don't want to be yeah. surrounded. I don't don't particularly like people, so I don't want to be surrounded by that. I want to sit down and have a meal. I don't want to walk around with one bumping into. And you people. try and you try and get to a quiet bit, and then there's a security guy going, "No, you can't stand there, mate. Can't stand there." I'm like, "Yeah, but this is the only place I can fucking stand." And like, "No, you can't stand there, mate. Not with that that beer in your hand." And it's a shame, though. You have to go huddle up over there again. Yeah. Like, but no, they'll knock my beer out of my hand and my my eight pound hot dog. It's crazy. I once worked at the Christmas market. Did you? I did. I Uh, did not know this. Yeah. So I worked. It was only one year I worked at the Christmas market, and it was a special uh, one of the log cabiny hut kind of things. It was only a small one, Uh, but it was run by a local radio station. And oh. inside the hut was a karaoke machine and like a, a screen set up and everything and snow machine and everything. And what it was, you could go in and record yourself doing a karaoke, singing over a Christmas song. And then what the radio station did was they put some of these together of people singing different lines and then put it on the air. Um, so I did that one, yeah, and it was really good fun. That was what it was many years ago now, and that was when the Christmas markets were good. Yeah, I think the only like good memory I have of the Christmas markets is actually with you. When we probably went... Oh. Um, I know. If, well, I, we... if I was there, I'd give you an arse-out hug right now. <laughs> I think we went fairly early on, probably like the year after, or it might have been that year when you did the radio thing. And we were sat in a tent, I think like a TP tent. And we just had, it was, it was for all intents a bar, but it was just nice. It was the novelty of being in a little TP thing, bit of Christmas music playing, nice drink in front of you. Yeah. Wasn't charged the earth for it. It was just a very nice experience. And it's never lived up to it ever since then, to be honest. Well, uh, that's, this is what a lot of people say. Once, once they've, They've experienced um, myself. They're nothing else really, kind of. 
matches up yeah. to it ever again, unfortunately. Yeah, probably including the time I went with my wife as well, to be honest. <laughs> I think our, it might have been our second date. Mine we, went to the, uh, we went to the Christmas markets. Uh, we went ice skating. Okay. And it was a really, it was really fun. What do you like at ice skating? Because I've said before, you're terrible. what do you like on a pair of fucking ice skates? Oh, Jesus Christ. So bad. So, so bad. Like, kids were losing fingers. Shit. <laughs> Whereas my wife is very, very talented on the ice and can just glide along like she's fucking Torval or Dean. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I was just clung onto the side the entire time. I've been once ice skating. It was on a Christmas work, uh, works Christmas day. Um and hated it. I literally <laughs> just I probably made it all the way round the the ice, but that was just clinging onto the barrier and just shuffling, shuffling, yeah. shuffling. Couldn't do it at all. I I thought I just said this isn't fun. No, it's not natural, is it? It's not natural for you to be on ice with sharp blades on your feet. No, I and, and there it's was not always what nature that. intended. Yeah, in the back of my mind, I thought if I fall because it's quite busy. If I fall, someone's going over a finger or something. I don't want any part of it, so I'll just cling on. Yeah, yeah. And like it was, it was good fun, and yeah, we got to know my future wife, and we had kind of fun. But it it probably did kind of set the tone for the rest of the relationship. She was like, "You're a fucking clumsy idiot. I'm gonna have to take charge of everything here. This is how it is." Um, But there you go. I've not even gone this year. Peyton Peyton went with a mate this year. They went to Scotland. I was like, I'm not going to the markets this year. Fucking dog shit. I'm not going. So wow. she went fine. I'll just go. I'll go to Edinburgh with my friend instead. She knows it's like Christmas markets, like half an hour from your house, right? Yeah, true. But again, we we done them a fucking thousand They're times. They're all over. fucking same. They are all the same. Would you like a massive sausage? That's why she's gone to Edinburgh. Uh, so Paul, yeah, he's. Santa, what I don't know what happened to Santa. They didn't give us any. They didn't, they didn't have a reason. Any. They just went. Like, Santa's not showed up. Someone needs to be a Santa. Paul's like, I'm not doing it. And Chloe goes, Well, I can't fucking do it. I've got my knee eye boots on. Yeah. And I'll drop. I'll fucking drop the kid any yeah. second. So Paul goes, Fuck's sake! All right, I'll do it. And he's there's no way Paul Robinson would be the Santa. He doesn't need to be. He's the ab- no. He owns the place. There's no reason. He, he just makes some. Chloe bastard. works. Yeah, Chloe works for him. He'd turn around and go, Chloe, fucking get someone now. Well, Chloe puts on the elf suit. Of course she does. Um, fantastic. Well done. Um, but there's no reason for Paul to be Santa. He does put put it on, though, and it gives him an excuse because his kids rock up with um, his it, David and Leo and all that lot. Yeah. He ends up getting to see his grandkids and they jump on his, his knee and he tells them what they tell him what he wants for Christmas, which is dead nice because um, this we're seeing that other side of Paul where he might be a bastard, but you know, at the moment, is he being that bad or is David a prick? Yeah, David's a massive prick. I think that's uh, un- undoubted at this point. He's a massive, massive prick. Paul's doing like Paul's doing everything right here. He's he's being respectful. He's keeping his distance. Like the grandkids come to go, granddad. He's granddad. He's like, yeah, yeah, great. Come in for a hug, but you know, go off, go off, off you go. You like go, go spend time with with your dad. Uh, well then. Paul does reveal as well that he is playing Santa. They sit on his lap and they go, I can't remember what the girl wants. It was funny though. It was a cute little thing that she asked for. I I, I guarantee that wasn't scripted, what she asked for. Yeah, no idea. Uh, and he's like, 
listen, kids, pulls down the mask. It's me. I'm not really Santa. It's it's me, your granddad. And they go, yeah, this is brilliant. Fantastic. Uh, when did you find out Santa wasn't real? What? <laughs> Can you remember the moment when you didn't find out Santa was real? Well, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not confirming or saying anything off after that statement. We don't know who listens to this podcast. I don't do that. No. If you want to believe, believe. You're you really... worse. I don't want to go to the Christmas market. I don't. I don't believe in Santa. You're the worst. I am not condoning anything you say. If you want to believe in Santa, believe in Santa. I don't know. Who are we? We're just lowly podcasters, apparently. Yeah, we. What are your thoughts on what? Well, go on. I'm, I'm, is this because you've got a story, or were you imagine, waiting for me to hit you with something? Have you got a story? I, I do have a story. I do remember actually. I must. I was probably older than I should have been. Right. I was probably maybe ten, eleven. Okay. Uh, I remember getting up in the middle of the night. Well, not in the middle of the night. Probably like half ten or something. I, I think I'd gone to bed early because it's Christmas Eve. And, you know, you have to go to bed early as a kid. Uh, if you get remember, up early, then the morning will come quicker. Exactly, exactly. But I got up to go for a piss. I remember clearly as like I woke up as like. Whoa, you couldn't have been ten. You were still wet in the bed at that age, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I hadn't finished. I, I pissed the bed and I was like, oh shit, I'm, I'm, I'll actually go to the toilet as well. I still had some more piss. You know what my blood is like. I've still not got full control of it now at forty years old. It's true. <laughs> Every little, little insight, little insight for you here me and adam probably record this might be what an hour and a half but we're probably online for about two hours together aren't we yeah every week we have to end this chat when adam goes go for a fucking piss because he can see me absolutely just dancing on my chair going i need a fucking piss but i don't want to end this conversation and i don't want to admit that i can't control my bladder and every week you go, go for a fucking piss i'll see you next week yeah it's good because i do want to end the conversation and that holds me out <laughs> So yeah, I was 10 or 11, couldn't control my bladder, so went for a piss, and while I was having said piss, I uh, heard my dad go, should I get the presents then? And then had to stop the piss straight away. I don't think I'd have the power to do that now. Mid-flow? Mid-flow. It you just know. stopped. Mid-flow, and I was like, shit, I need to get to bed right now. And I ran, it was right across the hallway, ran, dived into bed. And then, and then I can just hear my dad open the door and just dump a load of presents at the end of my bed and then walk out again. It would maybe took him five seconds. There was no care at all. It was brilliant. But then, do you know for definite that was your dad and not Santa? I mean, Santa would be in a rush, wouldn't he, I suppose, if yeah. you're thinking about it. He's not got, he's not got time for fucking mince pie and a carrot. No, and a, a show, and, a, and a bit of whiskey. He's he's gonna be like a fucking DPD driver. He's fucking throwing those. He's not even getting a signature. He is chucking that at your fucking door, taking a picture of him and going, "Yeah, signed for dickheads. See you later." And you're like, "Well, wait a minute. Someone's nicked it. Don't care. You signed for it. Didn't. Yeah, you would not have the time at all for that. So you don't know, then, do you? No, I don't know. So there I don't you go. know. There we Mate, go. jump into conclusions again. Fucking has. Yeah. Misreading the whole situation again. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe it was. Maybe, yeah, maybe Santa came down the chimney. We didn't. We, li- we lived in a bungalow. There was no chimney. It's magic. He came he, and 
Santa came down, saw my dad, and went, Dad went, oh, shall I help you with the present? Maybe that, yeah, maybe I completely misinterpreted it all. I'll have to ask him next time I see him. Can't this year, because he's fucked you off on a cruise. <laughs> yeah, he has completely fucked me off this year for a cruise. So there you go. <laughs> the only other thing at the Christmas fair that was that I, I had to question was Aaron's love for mulled wine. So I love the character of Aaron. I really way. like him. And again, as a couple, Aaron, proper cool guy, proper good looking. Mm. What is he doing with David the whiny little evil-eyed prick? Can't be asked with him. <laughs> I don't like how they call each other boo. That's makes I don't like that. But Aaron is a good character and he wears good shirts. He he's very excited to have a mulled wine. I like a mulled wine, but I, my Christmas is in the UK and it's fucking cold, wet, and miserable. Their Christmas is in fucking summertime. So would you have mulled wine at Christmas if you're in Australia? I think so. I mean, if it's a tradition, then yeah, you just kind of go with it, whether whether it's logical or not. It's like, oh, if that's the tradition, that's the tradition. To be honest, he's he's not. I don't think he's even the mulled wine. It's like I can get pissed during the day, legitimately. Well, you can do um, that anyway. I mean, he could because he's, he's got a grown no job. adult. He is a grown adult. Uh, well, you say he has no job, but he does manage to pick up some hours, doesn't he? At the water hall. Which is great. Uh, I think it was last week. We might, we didn't talk about it, but because uh, there wasn't really much going on with David and Aaron. But Aaron does have this whole monologue, like, "Why the fuck am I here? What am I going to do? I'm just here. Am I just here to look good?" And he goes, "Yeah, I suppose I am. Fine. I'm. I'm all right. With that I'm getting a paycheck. Not a problem." Uh, and he pretty yeah, he does the same this week. He's like, "Yeah, oh, I'm not doing anything. I can just get drunk during the day if I want to." And, and then he ends up with a job at the waterhole. Wendy, Wendy needs to go off to the beach with Andy. Yep. I don't know why. Uh, I think they're rekindling things. Just going to the beach. Uh, but then everyone phones in sick again. So that means she can't go. So she invites Aaron to just have a go behind the bar and then gives him a job a couple of minutes later because he's amazing at being on the bar um, and that means she can fuck off it, I know it's crazy it's so bad like and she's like Aaron I need to have a word with you he's like oh did I do something wrong she's like no you're amazing and he literally just handed two glasses of wine to two yeah. white women and went here I had some white wine and he went thank you very much and she's like fuck me that is that Tom Cruise in cocktail that's, that's amazing <laughs> well and <laughs> Just before that, though, while she's she nips to the back, I can't remember what for, to try and get somebody to come in and cover the shift or something. Yeah. So Andy goes behind the bar. He don't work there either. <laughs> he goes behind the bar, and Aaron says, can I have a beer? And Andy just goes, yeah, I'll get it for you. My wife fucking works here. Pretty sure like <laughs> that. Can't really do that. And then he doesn't pull him a pint or crack him open a bottle. He just cracks open a can of beer, pours it into a glass, and then goes, there you go. Like I, I'm just not a fan of this. <laughs> it just seems lazy to me. <laughs> but, yeah, anyone can work behind the bar, apparently. Yeah. Just give Aaron something to do too far. He, he needed a job. It. He needed to do something. Because at the minute, yeah, he needs to, yeah, there, there, there is no reason for him to be there otherwise. No. Uh, and it's only because David has got this Krista job at the moment. Uh, well, not then, seen her all week, by the no, way. She had, we haven't seen she her got... all week. And then at some point, I think it was in the one I watched today, or the Wednesday one, 
David says, oh, I've just had a call. Someone's recommended another drug addict who, <laughs> who might like me to come and babysit him. He's not even looked after the first one yet. No. To be fair, there is a lot of drug addicts. We don't know what drugs, though. Just drugs. Just drugs. Just random yeah. drugs. Uh, so, yeah, he is now the go-to, the premier uh, drug babysitter in all of Australia. Uh, and Aaron is the premier bartender as well. well. He might as well be. He might as well be. <laughs> uh, so that's nice for them. Uh, do you want to talk about the school? What's going on with that? If you want. Yeah. Well, Therese and Jane are kind of just getting on with it. Uh, they're going through the plans and then they realise, oh shit, it's Christmas. If we want to get all these plans together, we probably need to work through Christmas because everyone else is just going to sack it off for two months in Australia. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, we're going to have to do that. And Jane's like, oh, I don't know, we haven't got to see Guy Pearce then, am I? Nope. Nope. You, you wouldn't, would you? You just wouldn't. It's, you just... It's... You'd be like, no, 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 like, I want to get this off the ground, but if if this lot aren't going to put the effort in, I'm not going to either. I'm going to go spend a nice time with Guy Pearce in England and, and come back in January and sort this out then. It just cements the fact for me that Jane is shit. Like, yeah. like, like you've not shown, like, at this time, she's not, I don't know if she's been working... I don't know if the, I still don't know if the school's shut or not. I don't really know what's going on with that. But she has made no effort at any stage with Guy Pierce. Absolutely zero. None. She even like the little things like, oh, she says, oh, I've got a, a letter from Mike. Have you sent him any fucking letters? <laughs> oh, it's Mike calling. When's the last? The phone goes both fucking ways, Jane. And she is not putting in any effort at all. And it's it's got to the point now. So she's she's packed off Mike's Mike's guy pit. Are we, do we call Mike Mike or do we call him Guy Pierce? Nah, it's interchangeable. Is it? He, yeah, because we yeah, don't hate him as much as we hated some of the others. Yeah. Um, but Delta Goodrum was always Delta Goodrum. She was, but then she's she is Delta Goodrum. She's Delta Goodrum, to be fair. Guy Pierce. Is in England or Scotland or wherever he is. That's all interchangeable, apparently. Um, <laughs> so he, he packed his daughter off. She's fucked off to go and spend Christmas with him. So Jane's got rid of her now, and she's gone. Nah, I'm not coming. I've got a, I've got a meeting. How long's that meeting going to be? An hour max. Yeah, you could definitely do it over Zoom. You could. Do you know what? I'm gonna if if I do need Every- to work, I'll take my stuff with me on the. I'll do it on the plane. It's a fucking long flight. Yeah. Uh, I'll do it on the plane, and then if we do need a meeting, I'll just do it over Zoom because uh, they yeah. won't be sure. Like, where are they meeting them? At the school? No. We'll just we'll 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 have, we'll we'll do a Zoom call. It, it's, we'll, we'll figure out the the time difference. It's twenty twenty three. It makes no sense that that both of them. So Teresa said, oh, "I can go by myself. Don't worry about it. I'm doing all the fucking legwork anyway." Because apparently, Jane might know about school building regulations, and she wouldn't. No. Absolutely not. You're the principal of a school. That's that's your job. It's not it's not yeah. She didn't already. build that school. Another great man built that school. We'll get to that. We'll get to him in a bit. I just it, it, if I was Guy Pierce, you'd be sacking it off, right? Well, I don't think it, well, this is the thing, I don't think he's that arsed. I think he probably likes having Jane around every now and again. But isn't that arsed? Otherwise, he's just like, listen, 
I'm Guy Pearce. I like my bikes. I like just Guy Pearson around. Every now and again, it's nice to have Jane around. But to be honest, maybe it doesn't matter. Like he's just not. He's like, oh, okay. Like when she, he, it was nice to see him again. Yeah, it was nice to see him on a video call. And we're, he's like, oh, well, you know, if that's what you do, then fine, whatever. Uh, not that bothered. What do you think about the best man? Uh, should it be Paul Robinson or Carl? Not bothered. Because even the meeting she's doing, I'm pretty sure the meeting won't be scheduled for like Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, whatever. It'd be no. like a few days before, like just because everybody would be off for latest, Christmas. Latest 22nd. Yeah. Latest. Yeah. And then you then you can get the flight and then you can go over and you've done the meeting. You probably won't hear back. Well, it's neighbours, but you probably won't hear back for it for a week. You could easily go over for a week or two. Yeah, yeah, Jamie's That's what'll happen. And to be honest, at this stage of the year, nothing's getting done anyway. I don't yeah. think. Yeah, nothing's getting approved. No builders are no. working. Tradies are all off. Every single um uh, so if if they've sent the email saying, Can we sort we've had this shit idea that makes no sense, can we sort this out? Um they're saying, Yeah, we can look at it in the new year. That's the reply you're getting from anyone about Anything over the next two, three weeks. We'll we'll look at this in the new year. Yeah. That any 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 office in the world is not dealing with stuff the week before Christmas. No. Like that is January's problem. We are getting pissed at midday today in the office. So Exactly. There's <laughs> it's it's so bad. Um I'm glad we got to see Guy Pearce again because you said we're never going to see Guy Pearce again. Turns out we are. Just whenever he's fine, he's not. He's not dead or anything. He's just getting about, like you say, Guy Pearce around, isn't it? Do you think this will continue? Do you think, like, I feel like they're surely heading towards a breakup. We're going to get another letter and a necklace, surely, right? But do you think they could actually keep this up? I feel like Guy Pearce would be totally up for this. Going, what you're going to pay me to just do a video call every month? Maybe. No problem. Just keep the relationship alive that way. They might do. Or now his daughter's gone to see him, is she going to stay over there with him and them two are just going to stay over there? Maybe. Because at the minute in Jane's house, you've got a lot of people at the moment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this would be a good, uh, good way to write Jane out again. Because at That's the moment, you've got who's in the house? You've got Jane, Sam Guy Pearce's daughter. You've yeah. got New Colette. David, Aaron, their kid. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going it's on. It's a bit of a house. mishmash, isn't it? Yeah. It would just make sense for Jane to just go live in England. But, I mean, it would have made sense for him to just go, oh, yeah, what happened to Mike and Jane? Live in England now. Yeah. <laughs> Problem solved. You don't need to get anybody involved. Could have sorted that, that really. Because they've given the school storyline, but when this gets sorted, what's she going to do? Thing is, as well, they could have easily just given that storyline to Susan. They could yeah. have done the whole thing with Susan and it would have been 10 times better. Yeah. Because Jackie Woodburn can act up a storm. Yeah. Um, I don't know where they're going with it. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've talked about it now. We've got it out of the way. We have. We've got it out of the way. One last thing before One we move on. One last thing about Neighbours. One last thing about Neighbours before we move on to okay. the celebration of Joe Scully. Okay. Uh, Mel, because this is the cliffhanger this oh, week. Oh, God. She is the worst. <laughs> you know what annoys me before you even get to the proper Mel storyline store? So she's been given the Misha Barton part of the, in the titles where she flounces mm. out. 
Why has everything been catered to centre around Mel? Why is she gets the extra, like, oh, look who it is at the end. It's Mel, main event person in the titles. Why? She's so, it's, oh, it's so bad that she's got literally everything. Yeah, she has had all the top storylines, hasn't she? She's been so involved with everything, but... And even in the storyline, she somehow makes everything about her. It's like, look at me, I'm the centre of attention. Even when she brings out the fucking cake in the titles, it's not just, here's the cake for the... the or whatever she brings. I don't know if it's cake or not. She just brings it out and it's all this la-la-la-la, la-la-la. <laughs> she comes out like it's a big... Look at me, everyone. Look at me. Fuck off. I think it's a Pavlova. Probably is a Pavlova. <laughs> Wendy makes a good Pavlova, apparently. Yeah, it looked good. It did look good, that Pavlova. I don't like fair. Pavlova. I don't like meringue. Do you, do you not like meringue? No. Oh, meringue's great. No, I'm not a fan. It's great. It's just something nice and crunchy to go with. Like, it's too fruit, sweet and... and crunchy for me. Not a fan. Yeah, it is quite sweet, to be fair. My mum used to make the fucking cracking meringue. Nice lemon meringue pie. Oh. With a hot, and then a dollop of vanilla ice cream on top. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Uh, but yeah, Wendy does make a nice Pavlova. Tony can't help himself this week. Uh, yeah, so Mel's back on the street. Sorry, I tried then to get not talking about Mel. Because <laughs> I cannot handle it. Go on, I might. Yeah, I'm going to be negative now, so go on. She is back on the street. She is shacked up with the Kennedys. They are looking after her and her armband that she's got on. Uh, and Therese, even though this was idea, her idea, does say to Wendy, because they had a bit of, like, uh, Wendy and Andy, you know, things to be seen to be back on track now. They go over, because Andy and Tony are best mates. They go over, bring the Pavlo over and have a nice, nice meal together and chill out and play crazy golf in the backyard. And Therese is like... Do you know what? Even though this was my idea, I remember this happening with my ex and I got really paranoid and really horrible about the whole situation. That might just happen again. Yeah. Well done for coming up with a shit idea then. <laughs> if, oh, come on. Like, you've got to learn from your mistakes. Like, I make some pretty horrendous mistakes. Yeah. But I'd like to think that I learn from them. I mean, you're a funny one because they say, like, if you make the same mistake again... Like, that's the definition of insanity, isn't it? But what yeah. you do, I don't think you do that. You just make brand new mistakes. Yeah, I come up with new mistakes. Yeah, you won't do the time same after one. Time. You'll, you'll do a fresh twist on an old classic every time. <laughs> yeah. So Therese is worried about that. Whereas, in the meantime, Toadie's just having a full-on meltdown in the street. Bit over the top for me. It was a bit over the top. He's, he's decided to sweep the street. He's never done that before in his life. No. Uh, but he's like, right, I'm going to sweep up the street. And he keeps on seeing the glitter. JJ is always like going, who the fuck cleans this street? Is yeah. This was two years ago. Why is there still fucking glitter on the street? There's absolutely no way that there'd still be glitter on that street after two years. Absolutely not. Like, you wouldn't be able to sell that glitter. If it didn't if if it didn't just biodegrade after two years, you would it's like... It would away. Not... There'd be no... That he's all blown away. It's absolute bollocks that they're still trying to use this as a thing. It's crap. <laughs> so he keeps on seeing the glitter on the street. And so does Toadie. He's trying to sweep it and he can't. And every time he picks up the glitter, he gets a little flashback of of the wedding. And yeah. he just can't handle it. Uh, at the same time, Mel's having a bit of a, a, a meltdown as well. 
she's in loads of pain. She's left a prescription in the hospital. Stupid. You'd, that'd be the first thing you check, right? Well, she even says I left it in the drawer in the hospital. No, you wouldn't. Why would you even put it in the drawer? Like you no, go in you they, on your way out, they go here's pre- prescription for your pills and yeah. that. And you'd go, right, I'm back pocket, sorted. Yeah, the people who, like, escorting you out will go, just check the drawer here quickly, make sure you've left anything. Yeah. There you go, there's your drugs that you got. She's like, oh, fuck. Susan's like, well, well, Carl's not here, so you're not going to be able to get any drugs. Well, what what Susan said, so she, Mel's having a little bit of a whinge about it, and Susan goes, well, we'll just ask Carl's back in an hour or two. Um, we'll get him to bring him. And then Mel's like, no, I don't think I can handle the pain. Oh, sorry. I mean, we'll make it all about you again. I mean, you could just sit there. I'm, I'm like bringing you your fucking brews and your dinner and everything. I'm keeping an eye on you. But no, you can't fucking wait two hours, can you not? Because it's all about you and the pain's so bad. Fuck off. <laughs> Do you know what I think Tr- Toadie's actual meltdown was? I think it's like he's he's getting some sort of PTSD from being with Mel. <laughs> I think that's the twist. It's not that he, he wants her back and all that kind of stuff. I think it's like, no, he's mentally scarred for actually being with that woman. And Mel's proper sly as well. There's a reason, another reason why I hate her. So it's Nell's birthday. She's going to be 25 or something. It's absolute bullshit. She was like <laughs> seven when this show went off the air. Now she's 36. It's mental. So she's having this party for her for her fortieth um, birthday or whatever, and then um, Teresa's got her a t-shirt with a wrestler on it or something because Toby's quirky and likes wrestling, and Nell's quirky and now likes wrestling. Um, but Mel, and this is the slyness of Mel, she's got a like a framed ticket from the first wrestling match for like you know what you're doing with that present. Oh yeah, you know what you're yeah. trying to be. You're trying to big up everybody or outdo everybody else. No, yeah, you're not. You're not doing that as a nice thing for Nell. You're like, no. Remember that time I took you to the wrestling? Yeah, and it was the greatest time you ever had. Well, here's a framed picture of it that you can put up in your house and remind everyone how much better I am. Yeah, it's proper sneaky that I think. Yeah, very sneaky indeed, and completely trumps Teresa's presence. Well, I think she's just got a wrestling T-shirt or something. Yeah, that that's all she she got for her birthday. Uh, I mean that's a shit present anyway. That's as well. Trey's made it seem like that was the main present as well. It's a nice little present though. But a t-shirt. If that's your main present for a birthday. Yeah, but a dance that's, that's from Therese though. Surely Toby's gonna buy her a I don't know, whatever the something no, but else. You don't do that. You don't like you don't just go, oh, this one's from your dad and this one's from your stepmom. You go, we both bought you a present. So they were probably going to get something the else. They weren't just going to give her the no, T-shirt. Like... Toadie didn't even know about the T-shirt till Therese showed her the T-shirt. No, I feel like that was the only present that You're she was getting. You're fucking ungrateful. <laughs> no, I'd love it. Like, I want a better mean... present. I, I, like, <laughs> no wonder. For... You're lucky that your dad or Santa drops off you anything, I think. <laughs> You're unbearable. It's about the giving, not the receiving. Come on. <laughs> No, I would a, a t-shirt. No, as a main present, as a nice little present. But I mean, this is I, I'm. It's probably a bit raw for me because I just spent a good couple hundred quid on presents yesterday for the kids for Christmas and birthday, which is coming up very shortly after Christmas. And I spent a good old whack on stuff and like stuff that is the main present as well. So you've got stuff, to have a main present, right? Stuff. I bought them loads of stuff. stuff. 
Still, oh. that's so, just the wrong no. way of looking at things. Get him more stuff. I'll get, buy him more stuff. Maybe they'll love me. It's just the <laughs> long way, wrong way of doing it. I'm not. Oh, you need to take another little look at yourself again. <laughs> New mistake coming to right hook. Here it comes. Here it comes. So, so it's. But then, I don't know. It, it's it's going to be Nell's birthday next week. It's going to be a fiftieth in it next week. So she's going to be <laughs> like. It's going to be the party. I imagine Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. And, and there'll be some sort of Mel will obviously be there saying, "Oh no, I won't come." It's 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 you know you're going to be with your dad and Therese. She will show up. There'll be oh, some yeah, sort of Mel shit at this sixtieth um, birthday party that's going to be next week. <laughs> yeah, it's and the weirdest thing about this whole thing was so Mel had this little meltdown. She went to Remy's. But then she was in their old house and she was like, oh, I can't handle this at all. So she runs out. Made she's it all on the about street. her again. Made it all about her. Drama queen. And she's on the street. Toadie's still sweeping up the glitter. And they just stare each other down. They spend a good 15 seconds just fucking mean mugging each other. And I'm like, are these two going to fight? What the fuck you, is going on? It's not fight, is it? It's It's... It's fight or shag at this stage. <laughs> I'd rather see the fight if I'm being a fly. <laughs> I would, I'd rather see a wrestling match, to be honest. Tony says yeah. he loves wrestling. Prove it. Hit someone with a Stone Cold Stunner, please. No wrestling references on this no podcast, please. So, yeah, we're going to get another... Like, loads of people saying, oh, there's going to be affairs over Christmas. Uh, I mean, some people are saying that about Neighbours as well. <laughs> <laughs> When's your Thank wife you. back from Edinburgh? She's back. She is back. She she's came back with... already. She's back. Over. She's back already. What was she like yeah. when she came back? Had a mood changed in any way? She'd been a bit distant. Yeah, What's the deal? Like is, she asked, what, is she like keeping her phone like away from you at any point? Or no, she did. She did seem more happy. A bit more yep. full of life. Yeah. A uh, bit reinvigorated. Of a probably reinvigorated. Yeah. Nice. A bit of a spring in a step. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just what she needed, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> So, someone like yeah, someone's gonna get what they need next week, aren't they? Well, I think I think it's gonna be over Christmas period. We're gonna have the Has and Mac thing going on, and I think we're gonna have Mel and Toady. You think it's gonna be more than one? I think you're gonna get them two things going on. I'm, no, I'm not here for any of them though. Like, no, I'm, I'm not here for any I, of them. But I, I think yeah, probably Mel and Toady for the Christmas fair, and I've been let down again. At the moment, my. I, I don't know what I'm looking forward to. Nothing. No, it's not Chloe and Ellie's wedding. That's no. not we're not No. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't know what I'm looking forward to either. What's I mean be... it will... Go on. I mean it'll be nice to see like we say it'll be nice to see Christmas. Like it'll be nice. I hope they actually do like a Christmas Day episode. I know we're getting it on Christmas Day, but I hope we get to see Yeah, the okay. having a Christmas day and eating their turkey and the potato pies and blah blah blah. Like, yeah, that'd be cool. I, I hope we'd get that. I hope we get a new year as well. I think Nap's got um, a chance to for him to do something with. You know what I'm most looking forward to though, and this happens a lot. It's not neighbours. It's the neighbourhood rewatch over Christmas because we oh, have yeah. got a few things. Um, a couple of them we've we've hit the skids with a little bit. Like we tr- we're trying to sort things out at the moment with availability of certain individuals hopefully we will get there um, but we have got quite a few things lined up for the next couple of weeks so that is what i am currently looking forward to 
Yes, very much so. We have definitely got lots of stuff for you over Christmas. We are throwing gifts at you over Christmas to buy your love and attention. And in return, if, again, you could go to podbiblemag.com and vote for us. That's all I want for Christmas, if I'm honest, is to win Oh My Pod and be the best independent podcast of 2023. Yeah, we are throwing a lot of stuff at you. Show us some love back, please. Yes. Okay, should we do a Joe Scully tribute? Hit the <laughs> music. Hit some music. I have actually got some music. I knew you would have. I bet it's I, fucking I... painful. <laughs> so, yeah, show us some love, and we're about to show some love now to a dearly beloved man. Uh, like I said, I'm going to set the tone right for you right now. Okay, just before you do, oh, wait, we, okay. <laughs> we've spoken in the past before about traditional, um, non-traditional kind of things. What's the kind of vibe of this one? So you have dressed accordingly. You look fabulous. You always look good in a suit, as we know. I've gone a lot more casual, something that I think Joe Scully would do, but I have got my black armband um, to show the appreciation on. So where, where are we going with this? I don't know what you're going to do here, so this could go either way. Well, we we said on the socials all week, this is a celebration of the life of yes. Joe Scully. So that's what we're going to do. You know, that's that's what, you know, you've heard my views on funerals before. It's mental. <laughs> a funeral should be a celebration of something. You, you don't mourn what's happened. You celebrate what has happened. That, and that's I what don't gonna... think that made sense. But we'll no, I, didn't, I, I was stretching <laughs> there a little bit. I, I almost said, like, you don't be sad that it's over. Just be glad that it happened. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Uh, so, as we said before, over the weekend, we did learn the sad news that, unfortunately, Joe Scully did pass away. Uh, although, Adam, you were very quick to point out, nobody, no crime. Nobody, no crime. We don't know this. Um, I don't. We are know just taking Shell Scully's word for this right now. We, and we know she's got a gun. So she always has a gun. I don't think Joe Scully's the type to maybe to like fake his own death or anything like that. However, um, Joe Scully, I don't know. Maybe it's just wishful thinking. I don't know. I don't know. Because here's the thing with, with Joe Scully. And I suppose part of the reason we posted the, the post about it and we're doing this little tribute is, and I don't want to speak for us, for you as well, but I'm gonna. Um, we fucking love Joe Scully. He is the ultimate Aussie dad. Name me a better Aussie dad. And for a while, he was like, he was the good father figure on the show, I think. So I'll let you do your big bit, but I want, yeah, I just want it to go on record that he was. When when we look back, we started doing the rewatch. It wasn't the watch; it was the rewatch. That's why it's still called this. Um, we watched the old episodes, and part of the reason why we started watching the episodes around late nineties was because we knew the Scullies were coming soon, and because I would go on. I reckon Joe Scully is what top three neighbors characters of all time for us. Would you agree? Oh, def- oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, top 99 in the Aaron's Been News Best Neighbours of All Time poll. Uh, again, I like to think that we got him there because cause he was he was only on the show for like two years. Fuck off. He was not on the show a very long time at all. But in those two years, we got him up to 99. 
I mean, it was even less time than uh, Jason Cruz was. But don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> uh, old number seventy-one there. So yeah, um, we loved Joe Scully, and that is why we're going to do a little bit of a, I, I suppose, a tribute for him. How are you doing this? Are you going to hit us with some Joe Scully moments? Are we doing it chronologically? I've got a, a full-on eulogy for the man. Have you written this yourself? I will be perfectly honest right now. I've got a lot of this information off perfectblend.net. So is this uh, a eulogy or is this you telling us some shit Joe Scully did? <laughs> no, I've wrote, it as an, I've wrote it as a eulogy. You... I've reworded it slightly. Oh, I've, God, I've copied, this is going to make no sense. Blend's, I've copied Perfect Blend's homework and I've changed it just enough to not get caught. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much to perfectblend.net. Uh, you are a fantastic resource to the fight. Like when we spoke to, remember when we spoke to Fletch yeah. and he was like, yeah, I even fucking check perfect blend yeah. to check what I've done as a character. Cause I can't remember. So I check there and that tells me what I've done and what I haven't done. Go on then hit us with uh, some Joe Scully. Okay. Well, like I said, I want to set the tone just right. So I'm going to do that right now. Dearly beloved listeners. We are here gathered here today. In celebration of the life of Joe, no middle name, Scully. And straight away, that tells you what a guy this is. Because uh, everybody's got a middle name. Joe Scully doesn't need a middle name. Actually, there's one other person who doesn't have a middle name, and that is my dad. And it's what one of the many reasons that I love him. About? He doesn't have a middle name. I believe, yeah. It's just not interesting. Why is it not <laughs> everybody? You've got a middle name, right? Yeah, but some people don't. I've got a middle name. You have, but, but some people don't. Yeah, and I don't think enough people don't have middle names. I think it should be more common than it is. If you've got a strong enough name, you don't need that middle name. And Joe Scully was a strong enough name. You did not need to dilute that name with anything else in the middle. It's Joe Scully. That's all you need to know. Uh, he had a difficult childhood with an abusive father, Pat. But having started as an apprentice in the building trade, Joe gradually worked his way up to forming his own construction company, Aussie Built. I mean, what a guy. He he got smacked around by his dad, but he still didn't stop that from starting up his own successful business. And to call it Aussie Built as well, what a great name for a business. Um, he then, of course, married Lynn O'Rourke in 1978. And they had not one, not two, not three, not four, but five children together. Of course, Steph, Jack, Flick, Michelle, and Oscar. Uh, but the most momentous part of Joe's life was when he moved to Ramsey Street in 1999 and instantly claimed that the Kennedys were, tated, were taking up 46 centimeters of his land and decided he was gonna take it back. Uh, only because as well because he because he's a builder and he's got a successful building company he was like I'm building a second owned on this land I'm going to start making some money off this a great businessman and wasn't afraid he was not afraid to stand up to the middle class knobs that lived on Ramsey Street uh, the term working class hero gets tossed around a lot and I don't think it's more applicable than it is to Joe Scully a real working-class hero. Uh, he was also the coach of a cricket team. He took them to the regional to regional finals with his star player, Joel Samuels. Even though the fact that he was slipping it to his daughter 
he let that slide. <laughs> he didn't let that stop him from his selections and from picking the star player and winning the regional finals. Uh, ever committed to providing for his family. He took a part-time job. He's got his own business. And he took on a part-time job as a taxi driver with Eden Hills Taxi Service. Uh, he helped his brother Mick in times of crisis of his HIV marriage. He put him up, place to live, gave him some work, and then helped repair the marriage and send him back on the way. And Mick and his wife went on to have a very happy marriage. He helped one day while he's taxi driving, helped his passenger Tina, I can't pronounce the second name, so I'm not going to give birth to a baby boy during a bushfire. I mean, giving birth in a taxi is going to be difficult enough as it is, but while a bushfire is happening as well. Uh, what a brave, brave man. I, I don't think of it, I can't think of any other man who would do that during a bushfire. Uh, and because of those brave actions, Tina then named her child Joe and named Joe Scully as the godfather to this child. Uh, he, was a, he was a great family man. He guided his son Jack with his football career when he constantly tried to fucking jack it in, despite him being best mates with David Beckham. Uh, and again, took on another job as a long haul truck driver as well, just to bring some extra money in for the family so Jack could arse around. Uh, he unsuccessfully ran as a counsellor and lost the seat to Evan Hancock, which I'm no doubt that was fixed. Uh, we know politics is a dirty, dirty game, and the fact Evan Hancock won anything was clearly there was clearly some backhand deals going on, probably some WhatsApp messages, I imagine, uh, secret cameras, that kind of stuff. Uh, but just as things weren't looking great for Joe. His work ethic came through as his company won contracts to renovate Lasseter's Hotel and Erinsborough High School. Uh, building, rebuilding and renovating these places into the great things that they are today. Lasseter's worldwide international hotel brand. Erinsborough High School, great school until that, until they got, all those cunts got in and started smashing up the place. Uh, a keen home renovator as well. He didn't just build for the community. Well, he actually did. He turned his home into a refuge for men who were feeling a bit down, wanted to get away from the wives, wanted to listen to some music and drink some beers. He turned that into community center for, for the Erinsborough community. Uh, it was a huge support to Lynn when she discovered that her aunt Valda was actually a mum and helped patch that relationship up. Uh, also, as well, when she was suffering from postnatal depression with baby depression with baby Oscar, he helped her through that hot process, as well as helping daughter Steph deal with her breast cancer battle. A family man through and through and through, and that showed even more so when he raced to his father and brother's aid when they were both in a involved in a serious accident at their farm in Bendigo, and eventually taking over the farm to keep it running. But as dedicated as he was to his family, that did unfortunately cause some strains in the marriage. It's being spread too thin over two households did unfortunately mean that it was the undoing of his marriage to Lynn and they divorced in 2004. 
a family man to his own detriment in the end. Uh, fortunately taken from us too soon in unknown circumstances a few years ago. Joe Scully, he came, he saw, he fucks you up. Do you want some Joe Scully trivia facts as well that I found? Fucking hell, that was a lot. Of, like, I don't know if anyone's still listening after that. That was a <laughs> lot of you chatting shit. I mean, sorry, I don't know everyone. Like, uh, yeah, you pr- I, I, I don't know what to do or say after that now. Usually, what usually happens after a funeral? Well, I thought what we were going to do was, like, we'd, like, pick out some moments, we'd chat about them, talk about how much we enjoyed them, and then we'd, like, make some jokes and that. You've literally gone through, like, two years' worth of fucking storylines. I don't know, like, I don't know what to say now. Tell me like, about your favourite Joe Scully moments. Some of the shit you talked about, like, some of, the, some of the things you said. Like, the fact that we used to talk about Joe Scully investigates, like, he could be his own, he could get his own spin-off. <laughs> can't really do that now because you've gone through everything the stuff about the bushfire that's fucking mental it could be an, an action hero can't really do that now because you've gone through everything the time he taught the old g summer hoyland how to box fucking class oh, it was geez, like rocky yeah. it was like a spin-off again where he was like mick and he was teaching that young contender that they could make it in this crazy crazy world that it's not about how hard you hit, it's about getting hit and standing back up and fucking more shit up. I can't do that now because you've just gone through everything. We could talk about the fact that he, he rebuilt the school and how Connor, the Irishman, was banging his other daughter, but he gave that kid who couldn't speak or, or read a chance. That was fucking exciting. You could talk about the fact that he, he had the best, like, full-on Australian mullet. You could talk about that. His hair had a mind of its own. It was fantastic. You could talk about the fact that you had Carl and you had Joe Scully. And most people probably would say that Carl Kennedy was like their surrogate father when it came to like the 90s and he was their on-screen dad. Not me, probably not you. You'd have Joe Scully. Joe Scully. Because he wasn't, he couldn't always, he wasn't always able to um, bit like me now, show his emotions. He'd keep it inside because that's what men fucking did. Not now, boys cry too. Fuck off. Keep it and press it down and power on. That was what Joe Scully did. That's what Joe Scully taught me. And the thing is with Joe Scully, when he when he did show the emotions and when he did just give you that, well done, or I'm proud of your son, he fucking meant something. He did. Joe Scully did that. That's how it should be. Do you want me to tell you some more things? Yeah, tell me some more things. The time Lynn said she wanted another baby after they already had four, and he was like, fucking hell. And she was trying to shag him every five fucking minutes. He'd go to the pub to try and hide from her because she wanted to shag, and he was like, I can't do it. No, I don't want to do it. And that was that was because he was worried that he was too old and because Lynn was a bit fucking much. But that was good times. Joe Scully, he'd, he'd have a beer, he'd watch the football, he'd watch the cricket. Joe Scully. Come on. <laughs> what a legend. What a legend. He had I more rugby shirts than anyone, any one man should have. And he wore them proudly. None of them for an actual team. <laughs> no. 
It was just generic. the man cave. The man cave was amazing. He did it for himself because at the time there was no Jack Scully there. He had that Irish prick who couldn't read or speak, but he was in a house with Lynn, Steph, Shell, and Holly Valance. He had them all in one house. He just wanted a bit of Joe Scully time. And that's why he converted the garage for his man cave. And then Lynn kind of, they got involved in that. They couldn't let Joe Scully be Joe Scully and have his own little space. I felt bad for Joe Scully, but what he did, you were right what you said. He brought in other men. It was a refuge. It was a place for men to be men and listen to music and have a chat and a beer. Joe Scully did that. He didn't have to. What a fucking legend. What's a legend? Do you think that's what we do? Do you think that's what we've built? No, we are not even <laughs> half the man that Joe Scully was. I think he saved someone from a burning building at one point. He did, yeah. I think the Scully house got set on New Year's Eve. And he fucking fire. sorted it out. Yeah, I think it was the I think it was the turn of the millennium that. Then Y two K hit him hard, and he had to get everyone out of this burning of the building. Building. I think. I don't think there's ever been a character quite like Joe Scully. No. And I think now, because of how Neighbours is, there will never be a character like Joe Scully again. And I think the fact that what happened off-screen happened, we we kind of know some about it. We don't know the full story. Hopefully we will at some point. Um, but I think that just added to the mystery and the mystique of the character of Joe Scully. Like, just like that, he was gone. Yeah, just gone. And left a hole uh, in... In all our lives, really. It was a Joe Scully-shaped hole that ne- that can never be filled. And now, <sighs> I do. I think, worry that, I think that's short. Like that's that's a good thing though, because it's he never he didn't hang around too long. Whether like he, he wasn't allowed to, um, <laughs> but that meant that he, he only, like you said, he only did two years. And but then think about how much stuff was packed into that in two years. You got people who've been on that show for fucking ever, and we've said it about a couple of the characters. Like, you, you, there's nothing for them to do anymore, and it just gets ridiculous. And they become the villain in their own story. Joe Scully came in, he said, "We're the Scullies," and then he left. Thank you, Joe Scully. Thank you, Joe Scully. Uh, our lives will never be the same again because of you. I won't forget him. We'll never forget him. Uh, I will remember you, Joe Scully. Thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> no, no, because that yeah. No. Here's to Joe Scully. Joe Scully. Actually, I'm going to pour one out for him. I'm not because it'll go on the carpet. 